Friends and Enemas. Uh, I'm your host, Lindsay. And who do I have with me? Natalie Avney. Natalie, yeah. thank you for doing this with me. Thank you. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. The fact that you said yes, like, I don't know, I got like fangirl that's the best way to put it well same girl seriously like I've loved you for so long and like I feel like we've been online friends we have and so last time I was in Miami I couldn't see you so it's really nice that I could take a trip out same see you I'm so happy to meet you in person and then this and then this exactly exactly (laughs) so for listeners that may not know you which I don't know how they wouldn't but can you tell them who you are what you do yes Yes. So I am a wife and a mom of three, and I am an OBGYN sonographer slash ultrasound. So that's like ultrasound tech. My first job is being the mom and the wife, 100%. I always say that first. But uh, yeah, so I'm an ultrasound tech, and I also create content around all of that, like humor skits, um, real life things, um, advice for, you know, all the students who want to become ultrasound techs and that's what I do. I love yeah. that. That's why I have you on because I, I actually get a lot of questions like, what other opportunities are there in healthcare right. besides nursing? Right. right. Um, and that kind of brings me to my first topic with you is like, what are things that you think uh, ultrasound techs get mistaken for? Mm-hmm. Or do you guys feel like you're forgotten at all? Because I didn't know this because I'm a nurse. Right. But sometimes I'll do um, you know, skits about nursing mm-hmm. and um, RTs or respiratory therapists mm-hmm. will come on and say, oh, you know, I wish like they feel forgotten. Right. And I'm like, I didn't know that. It makes me sad. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I don't think I use the word forgotten, yeah. but I feel like, um, you know, when patients talk and when I hear patients that or people that I, you know, oh, my God, like you won't believe uh, this girl did an ultrasound for me. And the doctor told me that he found this and this on me. And I'm like, he found Mm. in my head you know it's something that i will never you know it's just like i wish people understood the process of like what we do because unfortunately in school we're taught to be like you know you can't give results Mm -hmm. um and the speech would be like oh i'm i only take pictures i don't give results Mm. and then i feel like that right that belittles what we do because we take pictures but yeah we take about maybe 30 minutes to find what is going on with the patient and then we take those pictures to prove to the doctor, here, mm-hmm. this is the mass, or here, this is what we found. And then the doctor gives the results, and then people are like, yeah, the doctor found this, you know? Mm-hmm. So I feel like maybe that is where it's forgotten, other than the fact that, you know, obviously people see a girl in scrubs and they're like, oh, she's a nurse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't feel like nurses would get mistaken for ultrasound techs. I feel like it's always the other way around. Oh, and. True. And that's where it is. Now, does it bother me? No, it never bothered me. But I know a lot of texts that, you know, were like, oh, my God, we're always forgotten or whatever, because I know that I do this for myself. Mm-hmm. Like, it makes me like feel yeah. good when I go home. Like, when I have a, a rough day because I found a miscarriage or I found something sad, like, I go home knowing that I comforted this patient and I did everything I could for her. And yes, I found the miscarriage and maybe I prevented something worse happening for the baby or for, you know, for her. But I don't go saying oh my god the patient probably thinks that it's uh you know the doc i don't i don't worry about it because it fulfills me and this is why i still do this because that's cool that's really inspiring i feel like for a lot of people because um yeah like you said like from a nurse's point of view i never want to make someone feel like forgotten right so i feel like whenever i have people in my comments or they dm me and they're like uh, next time you could add us, you know, no one ever talks about us. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I think it's more so I'm not in your field. I know. And so I don't think that way. I know. I know. <laughs> 
But honestly, I think that comes from also a place where a lot of, um, in general, people, healthcare professionals are not appreciated at their job, Mm -hmm. like at their physical job. Like I feel like this is why I've been there till, I mean, it's almost 11 years that I've been at the same office. Yeah. And I truly, it sounds so corny, but I truly love what I do. I truly love my environment because I feel appreciated. And that's all that really, I mean, I'm a very much like a words of affirmation person, Mm -hmm. but not like you're doing amazing, like not to make myself, because that's all I need. Like I I just want to make sure that I'm doing a good job because I judge myself on like what I do so many times. Yeah. And that's when the comments come in place or like, just now this week, I put a, a TikTok about a mom who was notified that at 36 weeks, she needs to schedule a C-section because the baby is breech. Mm. I didn't support it. I didn't say anything. I didn't like, you know, promote that. Right. She has to schedule a C-section. Is the baby going to turn? Yes, the baby can turn head down. But the just protocol in, in a lot of offices is to schedule it and then it can change. We can do a version. We can do so much for this patient. But, um, but I got attacked about like promoting this and like, can you can you include breach presentation uh deliveries you know there's so many risks with that and not a lot of doctors in the u.s do this yeah um but like that that's when i feel like you know yeah i shouldn't pay attention so much to the comments but it makes me second guess like did i do the right thing mm-hmm. sometimes but i learn from it mm-hmm. i read because the next time i'll maybe think about a different wording and like you know there's just a, a way to say things and yeah. sometimes like you said can you include like this is my page right right, <laughs> right now i thought about creating something along these lines but you know it's like depends how they say it if it's a dm then I'll, I'll appreciate it maybe more. You uh, know, me too. we try to get to as much DMs as we can as creators, but like I learn from that too. Yeah. It's better than like embarrassing me in public. Right. I fully <laughs> like, agree with that. Yeah. So. And it seems more intimate, more personal. Yeah. Like they yeah. care about you just yeah. a little bit more. And I really do check my DMs as much as I can. I, I really, I, I just, because I want to learn from people and I want to learn. And, and a lot of, of my followers give me ideas too. Mm-hmm. So it's like my audience understands, connects to me, and, and I learn from that. So. No, yeah. I feel like. I, I talk about this a lot with any creator I interview that sometimes people take your seven second video and create a whole life scenario about you. There was, yeah. And it's like, guys, it's a seven second video. It's a sometimes not even real. Uh-huh. A lot of my skits I make up right. from things I've heard. Right. And so I'm like, you got it. It's not that deep. Right. Laugh. Laugh. People. Or, laugh. Or don't and <laughs> yeah, go away. Right, right. We don't have the same humor and that's fine. But I like, know. shh. I know, I know, I know. It's hard. That that part is, I mean, I had a whole group created against me because what? I've posted about a prolapse, seeing a prolapse for the first time. And I had reels created from different creators who have prolapse, uh, from different, um, you know, creators or just followers who um, had prolapse. And my video was about a student seeing a prolapse for the first time. I mean, if you see a prolapse for the first time, your eyes would be like... Bulge. Yes. So that's all I did because, you know, I do create for students Absolutely. too. And I, w- I was basically, according to them, shaming women who have oh, that. Stop. I mean, a group was created and I was told that on Facebook, people are like saying like, how can women do this? How can creators do this? People are so ashamed by it. Oh my God. Dude. And obviously, if you know me and you and you followed me, you know that this is not ever something that I could ever do. Right. But people but are people out to get decide. you. Yep. People behind the keyboard. Yep. This is probably the best thing they have to do, yep. unfortunately. And that's how you got to take it with grace and smile. Yeah. No, that's such a good point. Yeah. I feel like you said just a second ago, you said um, like you can even get inspiration from these like hateful comments. So like sometimes, yes, I agree. 
reading them, maybe taking note, okay, that's not how I meant it. Right. But was it true to me? If it was true to me, okay, move on. Right. Um, I'm big on like, you know, whole impact versus intention. A hundred percent. I agree with it. Mm -hmm. However, I also think that sometimes people have good hearts and how their brain works might be different than how your brain works. Right. So their, their impact was big for some people. Right. And for some people it hit wrong. Right. So impact versus intention, of course, I want the impact to be there, but the intentions are are um, important too. Right. You right. know. Right. Like, 100%. I don't think you're a bad person because, and also a prolapse, like, okay, my clinical mm-hmm. in L&D, mm-hmm. <laughs> I knew immediately I didn't want to be an L&D nurse. I'm <laughs> serious. I laughing immediately because it's oh, tough. Yeah. I said, how on earth do, some of my friends were like, oh, I can't wait. I'm going to be an L&D nurse. Like, this is amazing. And I was right. like, I know that's checked off my list immediately of right. what I don't want to do. Right. Me now, I think I could do it. Mm-hmm. However, that was the first time I ever saw birth. I ever saw the way our vaginas work. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's amazing. Of course, it's a miracle. It's we're strong. The fact that people call and like, excuse my language, but the fact that people call people pussies, I'm like, have you seen one in action? Because that, that is... Swear to God. It should be ball sacks or something. <laughs> because because that's... I was amazed and traumatized because yeah. I did not realize that our bodies do that. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, it's okay for us to say or like have like bulging eyes. Like that was my face behind a mask. I was like... Yeah. I've never seen a, a live birth. Right. A hundred percent. And that's exactly what that <laughs> piece of little seven second content was. Yes. <laughs> I was like, it's just like, like scary. A lot of things we see, uh, you know, we're, we're not prepared for in school. And then you mm-hmm. go in real life and you're like, yep, you go into the real world yeah. and, and you're like, yeah. wait a second. Okay. Nobody actually taught me about that or yeah. told me what I was going to be witnessing. Right. Even if you see it in a picture while yes. studying for it's it. It's not the it's same. It's not the same. A hundred percent. It's not the same. Right. Um, do you... Are you comfortable with talking about your pay or lifestyle as yeah, a sonographer? Yeah, 100%. Okay. Yeah, I feel like a, um, a lot of the questions I get in my DMs are about pay because people feel like, you know, it sounds like it doesn't pay so well. They don't understand that it does. So <laughs> that's why I'm so passionate with like sharing it. So when I, um, I feel like obviously now the pay is a lot higher than it was when I graduated. So like 12 years ago, I started at like $31 an hour, okay. which uh, was great as a per diem too, because I felt like I did a lot more hours than ever as yeah. a per diem in the hospital. And um, now I, I, I'm pretty sure here in South Florida, because I hire as well, oh. and I'm pretty sure the same in most South Florida, you can even start at $35 an hour straight out of wow. school. So I mean, that what, what's that like 70k a year yeah. about? Yeah. So I feel like to not this is an associate's degree. This yeah. is not even a bachelor's it's a degree. degree. It's a it's a two year degree, but when you take your prerequisites first, it, and then clinicals, it could be three to four years. Yeah, same with nursing, than yeah. associates. Yes, yes. So I feel like, um, you know, for that, that's like incredible. Yeah. And um, you can you can do a shorter, you know, program, but a lot of the programs are not accredited, and I feel like that's where students like go for what's available like mm-hmm. oh my god the wait list is long mm-hmm. so i found a school that does it and the wait list is shorter well there's maybe a catch because if you don't go to an accredited program it's an accredited school accredited program you will have to work somewhere for a year before you can take your state exams really 
So, or they like, probably don't tell you that. It's no, like in the fine right, right. I mean, I've I've definitely looked into a lot of schools that kept harassing me and calling me. Hey, are you coming for? You want to come listen more about? You know, and I was like, okay, red flag. The school is calling me nonstop. Like, yeah. why is it doing that? Yeah. And then you know, with that, there is an alternative where you take a longer test that a lot of people don't end up doing or passing. But I know there is a few people who do pass with it and, and I'm amazed that people do this. But uh, yeah, so when you go to an accredited program, you can literally sit for your boards while you're in the program now. And like if you study physics, you take a physics board, it's it's just easier, yeah. a smoother way yeah. to go. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. um, so you graduated, you said 12 years ago, mm -hmm. which started at $31 an hour. Mm -hmm. So I graduated school in 2018, started working as a new grad nurse in 2019 at $23.50 an hour. Wow. And that's in Oklahoma. Right. So maybe slightly different. However, I feel like... Um, cost of living is definitely lower in right. Oklahoma, but with inflation and things now, I bet I bet sonographers then were making more. It could be definitely. It's I feel like COVID like improved a lot of the yeah. uh, pay for the nurses too. Better oh yeah, a lot, <laughs> yeah. a lot. And I think it's so well deserved. And yeah. I mean, I always say like, I wish people would always say, "Are you going to continue to nursing?" <laughs> I have that on my notes. You do to ask you about. It's so common, what? and uh, yeah, it's. it's, it's it's kind of like them asking us, are you going to be a doctor? Right. Are you going to continue to being a doctor? It's completely separate career right. choices and schooling programs. Like, and no. Yes, 100%. So I could never do what you do. And I think a lot of it is also like the, uh, we do have a lot of similarities, yeah. I feel. But like, you know, patient, we both have to deal with a lot of patient care yeah. and dealing with families and dealing with, you know, some kind of results. And I want to touch on the results thing because I feel yes. like a lot of people are curious about ultrasound text yep, yep. about that. But before, um, before that, like I feel like it's definitely something that I couldn't do. The, I feel like the medication list, you guys have to remember all the, like that is one thing. And I thought that nurses deal with blood so much more than ultrasound techs. Little did I know until I passed out for the first time in my <gasps> clinical rotations, because I saw a whole back opened and like fluid coming out. And what? I literally legit dropped to the floor really? as a student. Yes. Oh, I no. didn't know that we were going to deal this. They don't prepare you enough. No. So I'm preparing you. There is blood as an ultrasound okay. I wouldn't have thought there would be, yes. to be honest. We, we guide procedures. We guide biopsies. You know, all the breast biopsies, thyroid yeah. biopsies. We guide them. The doctor needs us to, in order to see the mass, okay. to see the nodules. So okay. all that, the drainage of the fluid, like paracentesis. Yeah. That's what I passed out from. <laughs> Seeing the uh, ooze I mean, and it's, the, it's not it's pleasant. Gross. So that's, that you do see these things, yeah. but then you choose your career path. Okay. So now if I see blood, it's like vaginal. You know, okay. it's not anything more than that. Right. But, uh, and it's something that I'm completely, like, people are like, but I'm on my period. You want to do a transvaginal? Girl, I don't care if you don't care. <laughs> I really, I swear I don't. So it's like, you know, something that I try to make my patients comfortable because yeah. I'd rather know what's going on with you right now and why you're bleeding so much right now than, you exactly. know, have you come back and it's not even, I'm not going to see the same signs. Exactly. So, yeah, that's why I, I stayed away from nursing when I was first thinking about my career choice. Yeah. But. I feel like this is a big reason why I wanted to talk to you because mm -hmm. I didn't know about, right. I didn't, I knew that what, I knew that ultrasound techs were a thing. Right. Is that the correct term? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ultrasound or sonographers, sonographers is like the more. That sounds yeah. like a better term. Yeah, it yeah. more professional. It does, but a lot of people don't know it. And that's why I also get messages about that. Why are you saying ultrasound techs? You're a registered sonographer. I'm like, so many patients or people don't, don't know. know. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to post about a sonographer. They won't find it relatable because yep. they don't know what it is. Yep. So I try to interchange. Like, yeah, yeah, but it, it's even for me, I'm like, 
I I had to look up for I got here just to double check that it was the same thing. Right. And I was like, okay, it is. It's the same thing. You're yes. a sonographer. You're an ultrasound tech. Right. But I didn't realize that that was even an option because when you're going to school, I, I really, it's like, you want to be a doctor? Do you want to be a lawyer? you want to be a nurse? Right. you want to be a dental hygienist? But I don't hear a lot about sonographers. Right. And you guys make good money right. for what you're doing. Right. I think. Right. A hundred percent. Tell me if yeah. I'm wrong. A hundred percent. And um, it seems like there's less stress. Yes. And that's kind of what I'm getting at. Because yes. when I was a nurse tech, one of my friends, we were talking about nursing school. She was going to go. And then she ended up going to uh, sonographer school. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, uh, I wonder why she did that. She's, I think, more happy than mm-hmm. I was when I started out. Yeah. Because there's a less stress. Right. So I feel like... Not that you guys don't have stress. Right. I was just going to say that. I feel like, uh, you know, I don't want to ever say if someone's looking into the career, I don't want to say that there is no stress. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of the stress is here, especially like... um. When I go home in the first year of being an ultrasound tech, did I miss something? Did I mm-hmm. measure it right? Did I say the right things? Did I measure or did I write the right things on the report? It's it's that stress, but working, it depends on your work setting. Mm. So this is where like you create a healthy environment for your work and setting the boundaries with your employer and all that. It's very important. And the hospital, I'm sorry, nobody gives a shit about like you. what you can tolerate, mm-hmm. handle, or People come in the ER, this is what it is. You can call the on-call tech. And after I quit the hospital, I was an on-call tech for a while Mm -hmm. because I was like, how difficult can this be? But when you're at the beach and you're, you know, you're like, oh, I'm never going to be called because, you know, there's full staff there. And then you get called and then you come back to chaos. That also became like I felt like that took away from my sanity and and my, you know, I wanted to be with my family on certain days that I'm off. So the hospital setting is definitely more stressful, but I recommend 100 percent you all have to go work at the hospital for the first year. I feel like that's what made me know what I want. Mm. Um, I would always jump and say, like, I want to go to LMD. Anytime an LMD order came through, I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. And it makes you, I, I didn't think I was going to want to be an LMD. I love the rush. I love the ER. Yeah. I love the people working with so many people. Like, yeah. I love that. But the rest was just too hard. I yeah. would come home after 12 hours and I would be like, I don't think I can do this. Yeah. Like, I have to figure out. And and I got lucky because a lot of times um, OBGYN sonographers need a lot more experience. Uh, I got, just a little story, I got caught into a, a very hard case with a uterine rupture of an eight-month pregnancy. Mm. And I didn't know what I was looking at at first because I couldn't find the baby on the bottom. So it's very rare. I don't want to stress anybody out. But this is basically what gave me my job because Mm -hmm. the doctor that was behind me breathing down my neck asking me what am I seeing because he needs to know right now when I told him that I think this is a rupture he's like that's exactly what I was thinking this is taking her to the The OR right now the trust went boom and then he found me at the department after and that's my boss till today yeah (laughs) he's like I would love to offer you a position part-time and then I did that part-time with the ultrasound with um with the hospital and then that's when I got full-time after yeah yeah, I dealt with a lot of grief there though because uh I got bullied at that office for being 24 years old not knowing what you're doing don't get started don't you know, instead, this is why I'm so passionate about taking in. I hire a lot of new grads because I feel like this, people forget what being a student is. People forget what being a new grad is. Take me under, teach me. And so mm-hmm. it takes just as much energy for you to show me the measurement of the fibroid correctly than to make fun of me to the doctors oh God, yes. about how I did this wrong. 
same energy. That pisses me off. Pisses me off. Why? Also, why? That is going to do more patient damage in the long run. 100%. Than you putting your weird ass ego aside. 100%. I Mm -hmm. hate bullies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, it enrages me. Mm -hmm. I've been bullied too. Also, I don't know what it is. It seems, for me, for me, this is my experience. It's typically um, older women. Could be, yes. Um, And it's not always like that. Right. But my problem with this is you were once in my shoes. They forget. So, what? yes. (laughs) Why would you ever want to treat someone or make them feel so isolated? 100%. And I'm really glad you brought that up because um, bullying, I I see on your page too, like you don't tolerate it. Mm -mm. Um, You want to take new grads under your wing. Mm -hmm. Me too. I... I remember when I was a student going to clinical and the nurses would run and hide and I'm like, like, I, guys, I don't want to follow you around like a puppy either. I don't want to look so dumb to you either. Right, right. And then every now and then I'd get someone that was just so kind. And I was 100%. like, I'll never forget never you. Never forget you. I'll Literally, never. I was going to say. Yes. Till today. I'm in touch with them till today. Yes, same. Love them for that. I I could never imagine treating someone the way I've been treated right. and then being like, oh, yeah, oh, no wonder nurses are leaving. I wonder why. Right. It's, it's oh, your... not for me, number one is toxicity. 100% toxic environment. Yes. And it's like we all do the same thing. Yeah. We all are here to diagnose patients, to make it the best environment for them, too. And this is also like a very much why when I interview um, techs for positions, I interview them for their personality first. Yeah. I can't change that, Mm -hmm. that you were born with it and you were raised with it, but I can make you a better tech. I can teach you how to become better if you feel like you're lacking this. But I'm going to be stuck with you for maybe the rest of my life (laughs) until I retire here, you know, because really it's hard to like when you find a good job you stay like this is just how it was like I want to make sure that if you're happy with me I would hope you would be happy but in general like I want to get along with you too Mm -hmm. I want to know that my patients are not and that happened to me in the past where our patients are like oh the other tech wasn't as bubbly as you or she didn't give me enough pictures or she wasn't as excited you have to understand and this is like for all techs who maybe don't love what they do anymore and that happens Mm -hmm. leave like, don't do it anymore yeah. because I feel like this is the most vulnerable place if you're a pregnant woman, if you're not pregnant, if it's a mom who's bringing her child to check the baby's spine by ultrasound. Mm-hmm. Like, you need so much compassion in this job and such good bedside, like, manners because this is their – we are their hope. Mm-hmm. We're going to see what's wrong with them. Well, I can because That's really, true. like, and even, like, dealing with, with miscarriages, if I, I – if I'm not a warm and fuzzy person, I can't become that. Yeah. I, you know, everybody handles with grief differently, but but some need that hug mm-hmm. and some need that cry with you and some want the support. And this is where social skills come into place. You kind of read the patient, you kind of see how they're reacting with bad news mm-hmm. and you kind of got to cater to it. Yeah. And I feel like that's where personality really yeah. comes into place. That's honestly really yeah. smart. I feel like that's really cool that you get to be there for that and be the one interviewing, interviewing these people. Yes, yes. And also, like, imagine you're creating a healthy work environment. Have to. Right. And that's like, number one, I really feel and I've looked at I've looked at research studies and sometimes it's up there, sometimes it's not. But I really feel toxicity is the number one reason that nurses, specifically nurses, because that's right. who I can speak for, leave the bedside. 100%. And I'm like, if you guys would get rid of these hateful people mm-hmm. um you know i've worked at several jobs in the past that management is the toxicity and i'm like what are we doing here mm-hmm. just because they're saving the hospital money right that's why they get to stay right and i i'm like so against that and i'm glad that i'm at a point in my life where 
I don't have to be at the hospital, right. so I don't have to deal with this bullshit. Right. Um, but I really want, like, that's one big reason I wanted you on the podcast was so that we can tell other people, like, right. stop this hatefulness. Right. Stop bullying people. Right. There is a way to teach people kindly. Right. And it's not, not in. Sarcastically. It's, it's not, not in. Yeah. It's not in. Supporting the tech. Yes. Supporting, teaching. Um, g- helping them grow. And honestly, it's going to make your life easier. As a lead tech, if you're a tech that's under you or beside you, whatever, however the dynamic works in that office, if she misses things, the doctor loses trust in that person, mm-hmm. right? And then that gives you the the ability, the ability, that gives you more work. Yeah. We want, let's say, Natalie to scan because last time Jessica missed this on this patient. So by helping your department grow, it's just going to make it also easier and it's going to give more trust for the patient because it's just, and this is where I wanted to touch on results because I feel like a lot of people are, uh, you know, wondering what they're saying so many times my tech hasn't spoken a word. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the tech is just looking at the, at the screen and not really associating with me. And I feel like a lot of times um, they need to know that it depends on where they work. So in a hospital, we cannot give results or even talk a lot to the patient. Mm -hmm. Um, The screen has to be turned away. And a lot of patients come because they found out they're pregnant and they go to the ER. And oh. then, yes, this is very common. Interesting. Okay, yes. I didn't know that. So they find out they're pregnant. They know it's going to take them a while to get into an OBGYN office. So they go to the ER and, you know, they, they have seen this many times not to call out a specific patient. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's something it we see, we see all the time. And then a lot of times they're like even four months pregnant and they want to know the gender and they think that we can just, you know, give them all of this, but we have specific instructions. We will lose our job if mm-hmm. like we legit will so in that setting i never could ever say um you know results and then in my office in an OBGYN office they have a screen in front of them so mm-hmm. they see everything that's happening oh, interesting. Okay. so it again depends on where but in my office i do tell them like anything about the baby you know that i'm gonna in two minutes i'm gonna go tell the doctor everything's cool with this baby so they're gonna communicate that i already have this connection with with the doctors and the, and the midwives and they kind of have that trust with me mm. that they know that everything we see as a team is you know yeah good yeah. right so in my office you will get the everything's cool uh you someone can ask me do my ovaries look polycystic I can't say they do look polycystic, but I can't diagnose you with PCOS mm-hmm. until we do blood work and we combine the rest. And that's a very common finding in mm-hmm. women. And um, so so that kind of varies because a lot of people are like, but you can't give results. How are you in the video, which mm-hmm. is a skit, obviously. But you know, how can you like tell her what she's having twins? Yes, I will tell my patient if she's yeah. having twins. And But you have that you have that guy or you have the mm, i can't think of the authority the approval yes from from the doctor yes. too yes and like you said in the er it's same thing with icu right if i am looking at a ct scan i can read it and i can read the impressions i can read to the patient the impression right that is not the diagnosis right. that is not the end result right um i think a lot of times patients maybe one nurse has done that for them in the past but you know it, it, it's strange. It, it's hard to navigate sometimes because I'm like, I can't read it to you. Well, where's the doctor? I don't know. The doctor's I busy. <laughs> I wish I knew. Believe me. I wish I could call them and they'd show up immediately. But that's not the case right. most of the time. Right. Um, that's really cool, though, that like the stuff that you guys see. Yeah. Um, like I was saying earlier that 
when I was in clinical and I first saw L&D, I was like, absolutely not. I could never do that. That doesn't sound fun to me. Me now, it does sound fun. Like I know a little bit more than I did before. It does seem like there's a lot of, um, I need adrenaline for me. That's why I chose ICU. Right. It was ICU or ER. ICU is a little more controlled. Right. That's why I chose it. You're like, girl, you don't know what you're about to get into. Um, I feel like I have the vibes of an ER nurse. You like, do. I, I could just like flow with them. 100%. Like the personality is there, but I need a li- I need my lines straight, right. okay? Right. When y'all bring up the patient and all this stuff, so I'm like, I'm not mad I... at you. I get it. But this stresses <laughs> yes. me out. So I know 100%. I need to be somewhere a little controlled. Right. And Anna, Anna the nurse, mm-hmm. has told me Love you. Love you. <laughs> that L&D can be like you can have some adrenaline right. and crazy things happen and it's still a little more controlled. Correct. So I'm like, yes. Mm. Also, there's like more monitoring, like yes. less surprises. Of course, the surprises happen, uh, you know, within seconds, especially just as being a, a mom who delivered once, twice, three yeah. times. Uh, like, who I knows? Know, I know a few uh, No, it's just like everything changes within the minute. You know, like I'm doing great. All of a sudden, D cell of the baby. I'm like, <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's just, it it's can be chaotic. Yeah. It can be chaotic. It can yeah. be chaotic. Yeah. But also a good team. Yes. Because the L&D team really, it does matter because yes. someone misses something, someone doesn't do their job, you change shifts at 7 a.m. or whatever it is, you're 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 carrying everything to the yes. next person. It's hard. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Lead Health, an agency that I actually work with. I've worked with them for over four years now. And honestly, I keep coming back for more because they're consistently competitive in the market. And not only that, but they don't annoy the shit out of me. I know that sounds mean, but if you've ever worked with a travel nurse agency, you know just how annoying it can be with everyone calling you, texting you, emailing you, and LEAD does not do that. They let me breathe, and they're there when I need help. If you want to learn more, use my referral link in the description and let them know Lindsay or Scrub Hacks sent you. And speaking of teams, earlier when we were talking about like new grads, bringing them under our wing, something I always teach my new grads or students is... Um, talk to the other specialties, not just nurses. Right. Become friends with your RTs, your OTs, your PTs, 100%. your ultrasound techs, your transporters. All these people, and anyone I forgot to mention, um, we're all a team. 100%. It's so weird to me. Like, I love the little jokes back and forth. Like, lab called me in, my blood samples hemolyzed, and I have to flipping redraw it again. That yeah. pisses me off, but it's not right. their fault, really. Right. It's a little joke. ER right. nurses and ICU nurses, it's a joke. But at the end of the day, I'm like, can we just – be nice. Can we just is, work as a team? Yes. It's it's everywhere. It's Drama weird. is everywhere. And a lot of, you know, times there's like, you know, people saying, yeah, ultrasound techs and nurses don't get along also. But I wanted you. I, do you have stories? I, I don't have any personal stories. I personally didn't. The only thing that I sometimes always felt, you know, a, some kind of like sourness, yeah. I guess, is because like, we don't touch the patient as far as like moving things around as much. Like in, if I do an ultrasound, like, you know, a portable ultrasound in the ICU, mm-hmm. I don't want to do something that I don't want to. You see, you see, this is the perfect scenario. Yeah. ICU nurse. I come in, there's a shit ton of like wires everywhere, all the leads, all the stuff. Like I don't want to mess it up. So I would always ask for help for mm-hmm. me to push the machine by the bedside, you know, just to kind of, you know, so I can scan right next yeah. to the patient. And a lot of times I would get the... You know, you know, and, and I'm, I would be like, you know, I just don't want to mess up. I don't want to be responsible right. for killing this person by accident. Like, <laughs> or really, pulling something out, right, making them bleed. Right, like, so I many... just don't. I just want you here while I set up to make sure that I can do it. Sometimes things are open. Sometimes, you know, this is where ultrasound and blood comes into play. Yeah. Like, I just want, you know, and so sometimes because I feel like their work is really 
hard sometimes yeah. and some days in ICU especially it's such a you know intensive care obviously yeah I feel like it comes with frustration and a lot of that even like an ultrasound tech who could have done this easily they won't look into like why I want to do it mm-hmm. you know or you know if I had to do a NICU ultrasound you know we do a lot of preemies when we're in the hospital mm-hmm. you know the nurses would be like you didn't wash your hands fully and I really did but like just for spite, just to say yeah. to wash your hands again and to like, you know, I've I've dealt with these kind of things, but so weird I never, it's it, there. This is where, you know, personality comes into place. I don't give it a stage. Yeah. I don't give it, a, it's let me do my job and get mm-hmm. out of here. Like, and that's yeah. Yep, that's how I feel now. Like yeah. the long, and I've not been a nurse that long. I'm coming up on five years. <clears throat> I don't know everything. I will preach that, you know, when I'm a 50 year old nurse, like yes. I, I don't know everything. 100%. But also like, I find it weird, the micromanaging between adults. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, they're an adult. Mm-hmm. I trust them mm-hmm. until they give me a reason not to yeah. in healthcare. I yeah. trust them yeah. to do their own job. Correct. But like, yeah, like when um, x-ray comes by and they need me to hold the patient so they can put something under. I've seen nurses huff and puff at them. Yes. And I'm like, can you stop? Yes. I needed help yeah. with an arm because I'm ultrasound this part, yeah. this part. I can't. Scale with the probe and that, but it's weird. It's yeah, it's it's it's, stop it, (laughs) please stop. Yeah, not it's not in, guys. It's not not in. in. (laughs) Um, so I have another question Do you ever have patients lie to you? Mm, Yeah, and not not I'm not pooping on patients, no, 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 it's just it's funny to me, and I want to bring this up because we have patients lie to us all the time, of course, and I don't care Mm -hmm. what. The reason you're here for, mm-hmm. I don't care if you're on drugs, if you are an alcoholic, if mm-hmm. you're withdrawing, if you shoved something up your booty. Mm-hmm. I don't care why you're here, but I need to know. So I can help you. So I can help you. Yes. And 100%. so I was like, I wonder what people would lie to you about because you're yeah. in an outpatient right. clinic. Right. But we still get a lot you of lies. You still get the same things. Yeah. A lot of lies that cause drama in the room sometimes. And it just depends. Like, this is where my skits come from because it's 11 it's years of experience of things. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> so... I'll start with the littlest lie. You know, I I think a lot of patients don't think we see their bladder and a lot of the um, doctors prefer an ultrasound on top, which requires them to fill their bladder, whether they're not, you know, active yet, they're teenagers, whatever it is, or that's just what the doctor wants to to, uh, exams. So they'll say, yeah, I filled my bladder. I got to go pee and I'll scan and the bladder is empty. And I know for a fact that you didn't drink. Yeah. It's 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 like they think we don't see it. They also think a lot of times that we ask to drink to hydrate. So maybe they don't understand the process. The maybe reason. this is where also communication comes. You know, a doctor should communicate what they're ordering, mm. but it doesn't happen all the time. Sometimes they don't listen. <laughs> so um, yeah, so that's the littlest lie. But I'll get uh, the lie that they go to the hospital for to check the pregnancy because they don't want to wait for Mm -hmm. that so that happens a lot of times and then they won't tell us they had the ultrasound so i work at a at a like an office that's a part of a hospital like you know without saying the record so we see the records (laughs) (laughs) so you know i just that that would help me because if something's wrong and something was right when you went to the hospital so i always try to understand do you lie because you think i'm not gonna want to do the ultrasound because you had it maybe some offices work like that but that wouldn't be the case but also i feel like a lot of times they want to know it comes from a place of anxiety and that's where I try not to judge. Yeah. Like, I want to know if this tech is going to say the same thing that the yeah. other tech said. Yep. So that's a, the little lies. And then the larger lies are not even about me. It's about 
the relationship. So a lot of, mm. you know, times moms Drama. did the do when they weren't supposed to with uh. someone else. And their partner, the current partner comes and they lie about their last period. So the baby can be dated for mm. when. When the but, sex, sexual encounter was. what Right. So or to make it, you know, the dad was not in town and they did the do with someone else to kind of push the pregnancy further. But again, a lack of education because I'm going to measure you now and I'm going to know exactly how old the baby is. If it's within the 13 weeks, yeah. um, it's the most accurate. Like yeah. up to 13 weeks, my measurements are going to be like, I can tell you like everything you know of course we're not god you know i don't right. know when the egg came out and when you ovulated exactly but you're not a month ahead right okay so that that, that that's guaranteed I, so yeah i um i've always wondered that so like my friends in l and d they they seem to have some of the same like types of skits that you have with mm -hmm. like baby mommy drama mm -hmm. or baby daddy, daddy drama mm -hmm. and i just I don't get to see that. Right. Typically, we get our own family drama. Right. But, but I don't get to see that. And I always find it just so interesting because I'm like, if you would just tell your healthcare worker the truth, right. we don't have to tell you information in front of your loved one. Right. You can request to have it by yourself. Right. Um. So I just am like, you know, I know you know. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. We, we're on the same wavelength, but we can't say it out loud. 100%. That's <laughs> happened with me with teens a lot, too. Oh, yeah. Where I can see that. I can't blame them for yeah. lying. You know, yeah. the mom's right there because she has to be. Yeah. Can she ask for her to be out? Yes, she can. But, then they, but then they know. And then there's more drama of why do you want me out? That was you know, me as a teen. I yeah. was like, oh, I really and, would rather her not be here. I know. But not every mom is supportive yeah. in that aspect. Yeah. Like, I feel like, you know, I have a teen now. He's 14. If he wants to go to the doctor and wants me to step out, I answer. That's fine. As long yeah. as you have a safe person. I, as a mom, I've learned to not to... Mm -hmm obsess about I want to know everything yeah. as long as there's someone I can trust and you're telling someone and I always communicate it if it's my brother who they have a good friendship with That's if it's good. your dad if it's your you know someone that that your uncle somewhere a medical provider just you know they lie because they don't have the trust yeah and that's something I really I'm so sad of because I had oh, a yeah. really good relationship with my mom growing yeah. up and I told her before I was going to do the do she took me to the doctor Oof. like it was taken with grace and uh, because in reality they're going to do it anyways they are wouldn't you rather they be yeah. open yeah. and we're humans yeah that's that's the natural that that's what happens right. as we get older right um I did not have that relationship with my mom I hid everything from my mom and, you know, to this day, we're having issues because yeah. of it. But I will n never forget the day that I told her I was sexually active and I had been sexually active for a long time. It was with my now husband. Okay. We were moving in together. This is so off topic, but I feel like it's... <laughs> yeah, 100%. We're moving, moving in together. Uh, yes. And she was, like, very upset about us moving in together. And she's like, you know, are you going to have separate rooms? <laughs> First of all. Yes, mom. I was like, I straight up said, and my husband was in the room. I said, do you want me to lie to you or you want me to tell you what you want to hear? And she was like, oh, yeah. What? Are you on birth control? Yeah. I was like, yes. And that was it. Yeah. I was like, dang, I wish I would have done this a long time ago, honestly. It takes time. But, but we get teens. Well, we get young adults, I would say. Every now and then we'll get a teen in the adult ICU. But um, I could see like 
why they're lying. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I don't blame you. Right. I wish that you could tell the right. truth in this scenario, but right. it's not your fault, really. So I do this thing where um, after they, whether they lied to me or not, you know, whatever that conversation that took place, I try not to ask questions even barely at all. Yeah. Even though if I know I need a transvaginal ultrasound, I will take her to the bathroom and I will ask her, right, we have like this little hallway that's like alone and I'll ask, I'll, I'll offer to take her to the bathroom and I'll tell that's the mom, I'll, we'll be right back. Um, and then I ask her, is everything good? Like, is there anything you want to tell me? You know, nothing's going to be. It's just between us. It's the law to keep your, you know. Yeah. And then she'll tell me. Like, Aww. a lot of times she'll be like, I just don't want my mom to know. And yeah. I'll be like, 100%. I just need to know if your mom knows. Because if I'm offering a transvaginal, that means that your mom will understand that you've had intercourse yeah. before. Yeah. So we'll avoid it. Yeah. And we'll move on. Not necessarily that I find a pregnancy in every teen. Right. No. It's right. just for other things. I need to do another exam or not, you yeah. know? Mm -hmm. So I try to make them feel comfortable. Yeah. It's so hard. That's actually really smart. Yeah. It's a great way to get them by themselves yeah. is to take them to the bathroom and, and then gain their trust too. Absolutely. Because they're going to the come rapport. back for other things too. Right. Yeah. Um, kind of side note, but mm -hmm. do you guys deal with egg donation stuff? So that would be more like IVF facilities. Okay. Um, but you, I mean, it's definitely the same protocol, just in a different office of yeah. like checking the follicles. But I do deal not something I don't want to call it similar, but as far as like don't donating anything or you know just doing something like that with the in vitro, um, I see a lot of surrogates. You know, mm. um, I deal with you know seeing moms who are caring for someone else, and I that's feel cool. like that's definitely amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's all the process of following the follicles and stimulating the ovaries. And I've had someone who worked with me who've done it. So we've done it for her in the office. So That's I was fun. a part of the process. And it had a great outcome too, which is such a rewarding. This is a part of where, you know, we see people who struggle to get pregnant. And then we see them during, you know, their pregnancy and then with their third and you know, all yeah. like I, I've been there for 10 years i've watched them through everything and yeah. it's like such a rewarding part that your skill was able to assist yeah. in that kind of journey and that's Absolutely. the best part of OBGYN, really yeah i um i've donated eggs three times oh um and and to be completely transparent uh -huh. the first two times i didn't really connect with what i was doing right. i needed money right. and that sounds so bad i was a young adult though you don't understand i didn't understand it, right? the impact right. of it um, until the third time I donated, I got a, a note and I still have it mm -hmm. of the, so, so they pick me, but I don't know who they are. Right. And so I don't know if they're in the office with me at the time, you know, all those things. Right. And she gives me this, I, I get a gift whenever I'm out and, and it had this note in it and it was just her explaining like their, their trials that they've been through trying to get pregnant and all this stuff and how it was, how it was life changing. And that was when I was like, Oh, you changed someone's life. Yeah. Yes. And it clicked yeah. for me. And I was like, okay, okay. Like, I get it now. And so it's funny, though. My friends will be like, you have kids out there somewhere. Like, I mean, I don't. I don't right. have my kids. Right. But it's just interesting. I'm like, no, that, you know, there could potentially be a, a lot of my DNA right. out there, right. Right. which is really interesting. And right. I just didn't know if you'd ever dealt with that because. Yeah. So just from like that coworker, yeah. you know, and um. And I've definitely met a lot of people who did donate and go through it, and, you know, yeah. personally and not personally. And a lot of times 
they deal with like later on in like in life like that thought yeah. of, oh my god but i always like to say to look at it to look at it because we can look at it either way yeah you have kids out there or you donate a dna yeah because in reality like you still need the other person yeah. to have it's not like you're a full kid you donated cells whatever we can yes. look, think about just to make yourself feel better about it because you can get deep into thinking like oh my god my kids are out there yeah but the benefit is so much greater. It That's is. That's what you've done for so many families that I personally know that needed egg yeah. donor. Yeah. It's just cool. I get a lot of questions. I don't talk about my egg donation mm -hmm. a lot just because I didn't know enough about it at the time. Right. And I don't like telling people to go do it because it's, a, it's very hard on your body. And the medications we have to use, it's still a great thing if it fits your situation right but you should do your own research so i right. don't i don't like to tell people about and it there's complications there's complications hyper stimulations of the ovaries is something we see oh that. my gosh yeah. i i gained like six pounds in two days and my stomach it looked like i was pregnant yeah um yeah. one of my friends had an acute kidney injury there are complications that can happen right so it's like i'm like you do your own research 100%. i do not want to tell people to go do that but right. it is something i did and it's just it's cool to me, I really don't think about there are my kids out there. I'm right. like, there's just some of my DNA floating out right. there. It's That's just interesting. That's exactly how I would look at it yeah. if I ever did it. Yeah. yeah. And I always said, like, since before I had kids, that if I was to do that or even to be a surrogate, like, I would do it for someone that I would know personally. And I would do it. Because in general, I really had good pregnancies. So people are like, why don't you want to have more? Like, I, I don't – I don't – I love – who I have right now. Yes, I love my exactly. three kids. The reward that comes after being pregnant comes with more, you know, than just being pregnant. Yeah. So I always said if someone, my family, you know, relatives or best friends, I, w I would do it for them because I feel like the reward is just greater. Yeah. And if you are a good pregnant person, because, you know, people have complications. Absolutely. People, I mean, I gained a shit ton of weight, but like, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's, I mean, 80 pounds with my first one. Oh my I mean, that's, you know, and, and yeah, I did go lower with the second and third because I like, okay, what the hell? Yeah. I, can't, I can't let that happen ever again. <laughs> but at the same time, like I, I, I was fine. Yeah. You know, I learned to just enjoy it and eat and I'll lose it later. Like yeah. I, I, every time a woman stresses out about her weight gain, I'm like, Hi, my name's Natalie, and I gained 80 pounds. And I show them my picture, and it's like, you're going to get back to yourself. Yeah. I didn't do any kind of, like, tummy tucks or anything. There, I know everybody's different, yeah. and it's not perfect. I have the stretch marks. I have the looser skin. But you brought children into right. the world and it's so much better <laughs> that, that's how one of my one of my best friends is she was like if you if if you don't want kids because you don't want to be pregnant i'll do it for you yeah. I was like, that's not why but thank you yeah like that's a huge like, i feel the same if one of my friends really needed it i would have been there for them yeah definitely. but they all have kids now so we're good oh like, <laughs> yeah. thank god thank god you yes. didn't like really yes. um so you brought up that um there's like really rewarding things, yes. obviously, with your job. Yes. Um, there's some sad things that you deal with, but then there's rewarding things. And could you tell us, like, what is it like announcing for someone that, that they're pregnant? Oh, my God. For people that want to be pregnant, I guess, because yes. I bet it could go either way. Yes, but but that's also when it comes into place where, like, um, you know, when you know the patient, like, for a while, where they come for their annuals and they need ultrasounds for their history. And a lot of times my favorite are the surprise pregnancies. Yeah. Because I don't think, of course, there is some, you know, women who really don't want it right now. But after realizing and after thinking, you know, 
I'm pregnant. They're happy. Like, yeah. I feel like a lot of, I also deal with a lot of women who tell me right there and then they don't want it. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of things and I respect every person's like decision always. But the surprise ones when I know that they've been trying, Aww. I feel it, it makes my entire I don't know, month, year, whatever it is, because it's just like telling them and not, they're not like not believing it. They're like, what, where, where do you, you you know, they just want to see and they want to know and they want to know if it's for sure. Is it a hundred percent when I'm looking at the baby, you know, it's just like, Like, and And then when the dad's crying, (laughs) honestly, that was, you know, we cry all the time as women, but to see a man cry, that's just like, yeah, it's just like at weddings. I always say my favorite part is seeing the groom cry. I'm always, as she's walking, I'm like staring. Yeah, the I mean, yeah, I cry on average. My my brother-in-law always makes fun of me. He's like, is this cry number three of the week? Because like I always make, say it. On average, I cry about three times a week. It could be like something happy. It can be sad. I'm a cancer, so I am an empath and I cry. But to see a man cry, it's just like... It's special. Uh, yeah, it's the best. It's the best. So that, yeah. And then I cry because of my job too, as far as like the sad things yeah. too. I mean, I try to remain strong. It depends yeah. on the situation, but I'm gonna lie if I say so many times when the patient leaves, I just break down because I know what it took for her to get pregnant. Mm. I know it, it's just, everything comes with a story yeah. and it's just not just a patient or just a scan. That's such, yeah. It's, yeah. it's hard. I also feel like um, some people get scared, at least in nursing, to mm. cry in front of the right. patients or with their patients. Right. And Crying is a, is an emotion. Right. It, it's natural. It's normal. Right. And every time I've cried with or by a patient, um, I've never had, like, someone be like, how dare you, you know, right. or anything. They actually appreciate right. it. They feel more human. Right. So, like, I always tell new grads, they're like, oh, I'm scared. I'm going to cry. I'm like, cry. Right. Who cares? So what? You have emotions and you're showing you're compassion and it's better than... Robot. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because I've been in places where, like at the hospital, where I knew it was happening and I had to be a robot. And I hated yep. not having the ability to show my emotion, to say, you know, even like within an OBGYN office, when you have a miscarriage that is found out in the office by ultrasound, a lot of times, if you're in an office that you can't give results, that patient goes back to the waiting room, not knowing what happens in that five minutes that she's waiting to be taken back to the doctor is the longest awful. five minutes and it's awful. In, and especially when moms have a feeling of what's happening, yeah. especially when it's a fetal demise later on, you know, they know they come for decreased fetal movement and that's what happened not thinking that they need to go to the er oh i have a visit today anyways let me go you know and yeah so i feel like the compassion no sure. <laughs> i know <laughs> i gotta turn turn my i get it i get it maybe i'll do it too okay now now i feel it yeah, thanks right? thanks for reminding right? me <laughs> but uh but yeah i feel like that that emotion you can't be numb to these things no. and telling them what they're seeing on the screen yeah. you know that they know what they're looking at at this point and mm. they ask questions and i try to give them the most i can without giving them the most i can you yeah. know because i sometimes can't give you like why this happened and yeah. a lot of times why did this happen and i think that's what's hard for me is i have had a friend i don't know the term actually uh, is fetal demise. Will you explain what that is in case listeners don't know? It's just to be as you know simple as possible, a later stage. Because okay. when it's an embryo and it's still small, it's a miscarriage. Yeah. And when it's later, it's fetal a fetal demise. Yeah. I've had a friend that that happened to mm-hmm. and like she was due the next week. Yeah. And I'm just like, how do you even, you know, 
the question of why, like when we can't answer it, that I think that's hard for me, right. even on my side of things where I'm like, I don't know why right. they passed, this patient passed away or right. what happened exactly. Right. That's hard. Right. So a lot of times, you know, when my friends and sister-in-laws were pregnant and they were wondering about certain things, you know, if it's in the beginning, like 12 weeks or before you feel movements, like what if something's not right? Like how can you handle not having an ultrasound every week? Because you only have like three ultrasounds sometimes your yeah. whole pregnancy. Oh my God. So I always say that that's where you got to have obviously faith. You have to have faith. Yeah. What, no matter what you believe in, yeah. you have to have faith that everything's going to be okay. You also, when your baby is seven weeks, we can't go in there and fix the baby if something's wrong with it. Yeah. So that part you have to put in your head that this is inevitable whatever is happening it's happening and then later on you have to go with your intuition mm -hmm. um a lot of times you know people feel a decreased fetal movement yeah. and and they don't know if this is normal or not don't be afraid to harass your doctor it's better to do that than to, you know, we don't look at it like that. We understand. If someone doesn't understand your fear and your anxiety, and I deal with a lot of my followers asking me, like, how can I get another ultrasound? Communicate with your provider. Tell them you have anxiety that you cannot handle this life anymore yeah. with this. Go as, as much as you can to get that ultrasound. Right. Who's going to say no to this? If right. they say no to this, change your doctor. I was about to say, change your provider. Change your provider. Same with if someone tells you you're for sure infertile, change your doctor. Don't stop until you find out because because people tell me, oh, I've had PCOS for five years. I was told I was infertile. Yes, it's yes. If you open the book, it's going to cause infertility. That's what it says. Yeah. But there's something. Change your doctor. Yeah. Like there's there there's everything. Like you just gotta find it's it's you gotta find the you solution. You have to advocate yourself. for yourself. Hundred percent. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> yeah. No, I get you because I think um, even even like with nursing, a lot of people. I don't know. I think a lot of um, of the general public are scared to tell us things that they really think because of a different nurse that made them feel stupid or a different right. provider that made them feel one way. But all, not all of us are that way. Right. And a lot of us do care for you. Right. So if you're not getting the care you think you deserve and you do deserve quality care, right. Right. change your provider, ask for a new nurse, right. ask for a new doctor. Right. Right. And that's what happened to like a lot of my um, patients that moved from other places, you yeah. know, that they were like, my ultrasound tech was just not, you know, I never felt like she was like loving what she does as yeah. a job. Because it does ex in every career, even someone who does windows. Yeah. And every career, there's someone who's bitter about their job. And yeah. You shouldn't deal with that. And mm -hmm. if it's an office that you like, then complain. I hate to be the one to say complain about ultrasound techs, but you shouldn't go through that. You no. only go through this experience a few times in your life. Mm -hmm. If you're pregnant or if you're, God forbid, going through something worse, yeah. you know, you want the care that you want. Yeah. Don't change your do your office because of one person in there that right. is making your life miserable. Right. No. I know. I'm all for, um, I used to say like, I could never tattle on someone, you know, yeah. but actually at the end of the day, I could yeah. <laughs> because like you're an adult, right? It's, it's your responsibility. If, if, if your um, nurse, ultrasound tech, whoever your provider is treating you poorly and you know, they've got stuff going on in their life. I understand. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, these patients are here for something going on in their life. Right. You got to put it aside. You have to. You have to. Also for your coworkers. Yes. I don't need to go through this because, you, you know, are. coming from someone who had um, like a lot going on in their life, yeah. like recently with yeah. a lot of things that I, I leave it all at the door. Yes. And, and you know, a lot of the stuff yeah. that's been happening, but like leave it at the door. It's nobody's problem. It's nobody's fault. And yeah. the, the people that are close to you know what's going on and it's just like you you gotta separate yeah, yeah. as an adult ah, you have to separate absolutely yeah it's nobody's fault
My husband and I began traveling four years ago, and we quickly noticed that something was missing from the market, a way to anonymously review agencies and hospitals. Yes, there are plenty of Facebook groups, but your name is directly attached to that, and we've seen firsthand that you can actually get blacklisted from a job or hospital that way. We decided to create the app Scrubster, Scrub S-T-R, a way to anonymously review the good, bad, and the ugly without any backlash. Download Scrubster today and start reviewing to further the transparency within healthcare. Well, is there anything else you would want to tell someone wanting to go into your career or, you know, like you, you've said a lot, if you are, if you are hating your life, really, yeah. and your career change, right. change it. A right. lot of similarities I'm seeing. Oh, before, sorry, I jumped too soon. <laughs> okay. Similarities in, in, with nursing and ultrasound. Uh-huh. Do you know of any? Because I don't think we actually actually hit on it i know i feel like it's just like really patient care i think like the logistics of things a lot of it but like i i feel like we're so different in so many things because of your work um your work life in general too the hours i mean yeah if i worked at the hospital i also do 12 hours but my my job is to see the patient and they leave and i might not see them again Mm -hmm. you care for patients sometimes for days especially in the icu maybe more so i feel like the long care is always more like I don't know if it takes a toll on you or not but it but it has to be because it's longer term dealing with this kind of person that's dealing with something very tough or you know I see you I feel like with us we don't take other than the first year of anxiety I don't take my job home as far as like like I saw that patient and that's it you know I don't have to like go back to that care or continue care the next day that that's like really the only repeat that I will see versus you seeing a patient for a few days and you know the medications your 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 plan of care for patients is way different I feel like we're so different but we're just similar that we both care for patients and we both have to go to the doctors and to report things and we both have to be compassionate and and just like patient care yeah it's really all it is yeah Yeah, which is great and we wear scrubs so immediately I'm with a nurse you know, because yeah, I wear scrubs. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's like the whole hospital wears scrubs. I know. I'm like, I know. It's you different. could be anything, but I know, I guess just people assume if you're in the hospital, there's a doctor and there's a nurse, yeah. but there's a lot of other specialties yeah. helping you. Yeah. But until, honestly, for their defense, until you deal with it, yeah. you don't. Like, I got exposed to ultrasound at a very young age because my sister was pregnant. She's oh, yeah. six years older than me. I was still in high school and I was like, this is such a interesting career you know that's how i got to it and like i would have known unless i had an ultrasound and i did have an ultrasound because i had ovarian cysts since i was 14 but that baby interaction i never associate i thought a nurse was doing that Mm. cyst ultrasound for me see this is why i don't judge because i was there (laughs) too i was like who is this the doctor i get called doctor too (laughs) for many times like doctor is does it look okay (laughs) like i would love that credit (laughs) i just wanna you know i gotta tell you right now yeah gotta break the news to you but you're gonna see the doctor in five minutes <laughs> so yeah i feel like it's just like we all have one goal yeah patient care making yeah. sure we're all a part of it yeah because i helped you knowing what's going on until the doctor knows what's going on you know that you can't give this patient this medicine because i found this yes. that would be a bad idea i found a clot in this person's vein yes. uh you can't give them their blood thinners you know just like mm. a bunch of things that i can like think of on the top yeah. of my head that we're all one team yeah yeah so that's good yeah. no that's really good and i just I, I'm really glad you came on here because I, I really do get tons of people asking me, 
if I don't want to be a nurse, what should I do? I still want to work in healthcare. This might be a great option. Great option. Seriously. Great option. And it's uh, when you come from nursing, I feel like it's so much easier too. Yeah. Um, I've known a few nurses that did it that they just, you know, they don't have to take the prerequisites anymore. You just wait to be called. I waited a year in the list. Oh, wow. So you could continue, you know, for a little bit, just a little bit more and then start the program. And honestly, it's going to be a breeze. Yeah. At least you have an out. Yeah. Like you just get on the wait list. You continue working until you're until you're school yeah i did retail before ultrasound i was a store manager for nine west okay and i bet that there are similarities there too (laughs) customer service that's what we're doing it's patient care 100 percent, and that's why like i knew that that i would be fine yeah if i dealt with people who hated their shoes i can deal with that (laughs) like i swear it's 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 bad some retail is hard the way people treat just the way people treat people in general but like retail um, your waiters and waitresses, yes. the airport people, mm-hmm. y'all need to take a breath I sometimes. I know, I know, I know. I mean, the irate patients that I would get is if their bladder is full and they got to pee and I get it. If I have to pee, <laughs> fun like, fact, in school, I had to hold my bladder for two months when we did OBGYN every single day so we can practice on each other. So there's no one who knows more than holding their bladder oh for two full God. months every single day. Yes, for wow. that for that course of OBGYN, we have to learn on each other. I mean, that makes sense. So, so I would have never thought about yeah, that. I hold my bladder, but not for any other reason yeah. that I don't have a bathroom break. Yeah. And then I get UTIs, but that's a whole other thing. Yes. And after three kids, <laughs> I swear, I always make fun of that when my friends are pregnant. I'm like, I'm sorry, but I go before you because yeah. I don't think I can hold it as much as you can. No, because <laughs> no. it's just so I get it when they're months. when they're irate because of that. I get it. Yeah, we try to be on time. Ultrasound is usually very much on time yeah. because of that, oh. because we have them hold their bladder. But yeah, but things happen. Yeah, we are the first to see them. Yeah, because so when you come to an OBGYN office, they see me first, then they see the doctor. Uh, so yeah, it's my job to make them feel. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Well, and you clearly love your job. I do. I do. Okay. So now if uh-huh. there's anything else you want to tell people, um, about going into the field or or if you're already in the field and you're feeling lost. I mean, I know we already hit on this, but mm-hmm. just to summarize it yeah. for people. I think that ultrasound is a great change of career, especially if you like, met, I mean, healthcare in general. I feel like the stress will be less than, than nursing just because I've seen yeah. you guys work. It's not just because I say it. And I know a lot of techs are going to say, but it's so stressful. It is stressful, but when you compare it to nursing and you know, everything that comes around it. Yeah. I feel like it's just, and, and it all comes into work environment. Yeah. And every place that you are working on, every career, you got to make sure you're in a very healthy work environment, not yeah. toxic. And and that's it. And I feel like ultrasound made me a better person, made me understand about everything more. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I am the doctor of the family. Yeah. I am the doctor of the friends. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like, with experience, you learn every aspect. And like, it, it made me grow as a person too, because yeah. it's just like a good career to to for for scheduling as a mom too. Like you can pick what just to touch on what you can do as an ultrasound yeah. tech. Uh, you're not you don't have to be just a, you know a, a sonographer working in an office or a hospital. You can even teach ultrasound, and you don't need an education degree. You can work at a university and teach ultrasound and have that schedule. You're you're so flexible with your schedule because I right now because ever since you know social media took off i decreased my hours even as a department supervisor i work 32 hours a week and i don't have to work as much i make it work with my children i still volunteer for my children's stuff i'm still able to be 
present where a lot of times in nursing, I always mm -hmm. hear that it's so hard to, for them to find someone to cover and like yeah. things like that, because we can just block that schedule, especially if I know ahead of time, there's no schedule, no patients that are scheduled, I can block it and it's fine, you know, nothing happens. So yeah. when I call out, God forbid, I never have that like hard feeling where I'm like, oh my God, I'm canceling on patients yeah. because there's always another person or there's, it depends on where you work, yeah. but it's just a very flexible, the most flexible career that I've heard in, you know, with kids with specifically kids. too. Yes. That's really cool. I didn't think about it yes. that way because honestly, I jumped into nursing for the flexibility of schedule, right. but it's not the same type of flexibility. Correct. It's like, yeah, I still get four days off, but I might not know when those four days are. Right. And I feel like people with kids, I'm like, oh, that really sucks. Like you missed your kids. Yeah, I lived that working yeah. at the hospital. Yeah. I said bye to them at 7 a.m. and I see them at 7 p.m. before they go to bed. Yes. And it's, so like you could miss a lot with your kids. Yes, but we all do what we got to do too. Yeah. And in the beginning I did it. And I even went to school as a mom. My son was like three months old when I started oh the program. God. And yeah, I, I literally had to do it. And I wouldn't be able to do it without a support system. I always say, yes, find a support system. So if you're a mom and you're interested, find your support system. It doesn't have to be a partner. In my case, it was. My husband became a mom and a dad yeah. in seconds because I couldn't be couldn't there. I either studied, I either did clinicals. I also couldn't work because it was so much so he had to take on more work and take on you know all the responsibility of my son most of it so I was absent for a little bit but uh it's worth it because but it's, it's a short, short amount of time right. for short. the rest of your life right Right. That's why I tell a lot of people, I think with nursing as well, people are like, I think I'm too old or, you know, I'm too old to go back to school. Yeah. You're actually not. And yeah. I actually do think people with children and people that are older mm -hmm. do better yes. than young students yes. because they have their why. Yes. They're, it's right in front of them. Right. Like right. my kids right. or you're older and you're like, I needed a change in my career and right. I know exactly what I want now. Right. When I was younger, the reason I switched, I literally jumped majors like four or five times because I had no clue what I wanted. Right. So right. I'm always like, if you're older and you're thinking, I don't know if I could, you could. 100%. Definitely could. 100%. And I recommend it because time flies anyways. Yes. It goes by. So go to school, get educated. Even if you choose not to do it, you, it comes with such a good reward. And I promise you, you will pursue that career because yeah. it's it's great. You're kind of making me wish I would have like looked in. It's never too late. <laughs> yeah, we just said it's never too late. You can live with I'll me. I'll keep you guys. I have a dry erase board. I'll teach you the cross-sectional anatomy two seconds. I'll just move in with you. Yes. I'll be like, you're, oh, I like being the fun aunt. Okay. So like, oh, I could girl, play that role. My kids would love you <laughs> i love that okay well oh. thank you for coming of course thanks no wait for, thank you thanks for, for letting me come to your house yes, thanks for coming <laughs> and um where can people find you um so on instagram natalie avney tiktok natalie avney youtube natalie avney so it's very simple hey, and easy yeah easy. and um and yeah and i'm available to answer anybody's questions i'll be available especially when we put this podcast yes. so i can answer you guys' questions i'll yeah. have her social media linked in the description and yeah just thanks again thank you okay thank bye you. guys bye.